Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clap, slap, slap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Hello and welcome back to the Different Knock Preview Podcast, the latest spin-off from your favourite Arsenal-based podcast. I am delighted to welcome long-time friend of mine, who I am I'm sad to say I've not seen in an awfully long time, uh, Robert Sidar. Hello. And there's, there's been a slight name change as well since I last since I last saw Robert or Rob. Um, yeah, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, you know, good. as good as we can all be with World War Three on our doorstep. How about you? Well, chin chin to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all right. You know, it is you. You're as all right as as can be at the moment. Um, me and Rob trained together for a year. We're both actors. Uh, we've been friends. We, it, we it's nearly eight years since. You know, it is eight years this September since we started the foundation course, which is scary. Makes me feel very, very old. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So Rob is going to be our resident Watford expert for the day. <laughs> but as um, as the duality of man exists, Rob himself is an Arsenal fan, mm. but also supports Watford because uh, he is a, a Watford native so t tell us how that duality came to be, Rob. Why Arsenal and Watford? So it's a difficult one to answer. Um, if I have to pick one club, and, you know, it is Arsenal. It, are, it is Arsenal. It's always been Arsenal. Um, but my family uh, are all Watford fans. And uh, since I was 10, 11, my dad bought me season tickets for Watford because he would go to the games and he'd take me with him. So I had a season ticket at Watford pretty pretty much till I came and trained with you, mate. Oh, man. So all, for about eight years, I had a season ticket at Watford. Um, and, you know, when I live in Watford um, and I experience so much um, change mm. at the club over these last eight years. I mean, when I first started going, we were a mid-table championship team. Uh, who would, you know, push for payoff places and promotion, but never a sustained period in the Premier League. And so it was a uh, an interesting change. And it's very difficult to not fall in love with something that you've given so much of your time to and, and mm. to grow up in the town. Um, so, yeah, I've always had a, a strong connection with Watford. But as long as I can remember, since I was like three, four, five, I remember watching Arsenal. I remember being an Arsenal fan. I had Arsenal curtains in my in my house. I had Ars in my room. <laughs> yeah, and I like an Arsenal duvet cover and an Arsenal pillowcase. So, yeah, for me, it's always been Arsenal. But given my my 
you know, location and and the circumstances, I guess, I, I have developed a, a bit of an affinity for Watford. Yeah, I mean, you can't really turn it down. It's right on your doorstep. Um, now, I do have to say, it is, it is just me and uh, Rob today. Alex would be very disappointed not to be here so that both of you can gloat over the fact that I have been so horrendously wrong in the last 12 months. Rob definitely gave me some on Twitter during my <laughs> my staunch Mikel out phase um, and yeah has been proved and vindicated absolutely right so so trust me when I say the knowledge that will come from this man both on Arsenal and Watford <laughs> is 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 vetted to be true don't um, don't hype me up too much oh, oh <laughs> I'm always too much. I'm always gonna hype you up Slady baby <laughs> uh, um, so I think let's get on to a little preview so, a bit of news before the game. Uh, there's not a lot of chatter going on about the game at the moment or football for obvious reasons. But there are a couple of topics that, that we can kind of discuss. Uh, I think I'm just going to gloss over a few things. Uh, the Chelsea sale being one of them uh, in the sense of, look, we don't know what that's going to entail yet. And also, we don't know who's going to buy the club yet. Uh, it's a shame that the club hasn't been seized. It should have been. The fact that he's been allowed to sell the asset is crazy, but um, I think we're going to stick away from that side of it. But one thing that seems to be cropping back up is the Super League. Hmm. Now, this I find fascinating because it wouldn't be six teams. It would be four, and Arsenal and Tottenham would both be missing out, which for me, I quite like the... I hated the Super League. I think most football fans did. And I, I, I would hope that we're missing missing out on the Super League or, or withdrawing ourselves rather than missing out is maybe the right thing. But look, it can it can only be good for our club. You know, the, the threat of a 30-point deduction if the Super League is announced this season would put uh, Manchester United rock bottom of the Premier League with Burnley on 17 points and two more games played than them. So I guess... Do you think it will happen? Because I staunchly don't. I don't think there is a world in where it can happen. Um, I I think it could. I still think it could. Um, and I think that the way that they will get it through is by uh, adding the, the jeopardy element, uh, adding that uh, element that we have in the Champions League at the moment where you have to qualify for your position uh, and it's not a given. Um, I think given the, the financial troubles that, you know, some of these big clubs are having Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, you know, very, very obvious um, and widely publicized money problems there. Um, and they really like the idea of having a, a league where they don't have to give up any of the prize mm. money. They are in charge of the allocation, of the prize money, um, and they allocate it all to themselves. So I think that they will continually try to push for that. Um, and I, as I say, I think the way that they they water it down is to allow jeopardy the interesting thing for me is going to be what happens with the champions league mm. what sort of um barriers does that throw up because you know um i think Seferin came out uh, today and and said if you want to play in the super league no problem at all play in the super league but you can't play in the champions league as well um and i think some of these clubs may be forced to choose and that's where i think it could get a little dicey um if I'm honest, I don't think it will happen overall, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it does come back in some way and mm. it does 
with some watering down, managed to pass maybe, through. Maybe maybe in, in, I don't think now, maybe, maybe soon or like five years' time. The one thing that you mentioned there for me that's never made sense about the Super League, though, is the fact that clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, are in such financial turmoil, and the Italian clubs as well. The Super mm. League gets them back on their feet. I have never understood why the Premier League clubs would agree to it. Because they're basically agreeing to a construct and a product that will put the elite clubs in Italy and in Spain back on level footing with them financially. They're only, they, they only lose out because of that. I've, I've never understood that. One of the biggest draws of the Premier League is that it is the most profitable league in the world and you can make so much money there. I don't know why you'd want to dilute your product elsewhere. But uh, yeah, I I, th- I think you're right. I think I I agree with you. I think there the money is in the Premier League. Um, I also think that when we had the teams joining the Premier League, listen. In hindsight, we can look at it and and say obviously it was a it was a awful decision to 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 try to join this league that everyone ended up hating, um, and quite rightly so. But I do sort of understand the argument that is we had to make a decision. Do we say yes and jump aboard this train that's already moving or risk being left out? And I do understand that argument. Imagine if the Super League did go ahead and the Super League was a huge successful thing and Arsenal said no and then they weren't part of it and they weren't privy to this money. You know, that would also have been a a difficult thing. And it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make the decision right. And it certainly doesn't make the league right. But I can understand why they wanted to. Mm. Um, But you're right. We have a lot of money and the way that uh, Spanish clubs are run, you know, with Real Madrid and it's, it's Galactico's idea um, of just splashing the cash, spend lots of money and hope you win enough to make it back. Sort of the, the Chelsea business model, I guess, um, is something that maybe is starting to, I don't know, fade away a little bit more. Even when you look at clubs like Man City, where money is pumped in, they don't go and buy 80 million pound, 100 million pound, no. 120 million. They buy lots of 30, 40, 50 million pound players so that if one of them fails, you buy him for 30, you sell him for 25, so what? You lost 5 million. Whereas you look at, you know, Eden Hazard at Real Madrid at the moment and they paid what? 80, Jesus, 90 yeah. million that, for that him. That deal is looking worse and, and worse. Just, and worse. Yeah. Just blown up in their hands and they've just lost a crazy amount of money. I guess if you structured it right you could you could definitely mm. make an argument for it the only thing that i have is you're st- we're stuck between a rock and a hard place it's a bit like we don't want abramovich to be a chelsea owner because of the blood money he's pumped into that club and the ties to putin but we're happy to have um the you know sheikh bin salman be the owner mm. of newcastle yeah. who's had journalists murdered allegedly i must add allegedly um, allegedly you know so it, it very much you know having uefa and fifa running these competitions is is basically the same thing as having these owners except from you're cutting out an organization that's taking the money and it's just going to the club so you can see why the owners would want to do it i think that there's a lot of nostalgia for the champions league though so i i, I think there'll be some difficulty but yeah i i think when the when the when the option is champions league or super league i that's where yeah. I think it falls apart because I don't know how clubs pull out the Champions League. Who knows? We will see in the in the, in the coming time. 
Now to get on to get uh, a little bit of chat about Watford and uh, Arsenal. I got two main points that I wanted to chat with you uh, about. Uh, the first being Watford, three managers in a season. This obviously goes on quite regularly. Is it sustainable? I think more and more, um, I think it's showing that it isn't. Um, I was, uh, you know, I had, uh, my uncle had a spare ticket uh, the other day and he phoned me up and he said, listen, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want to come and watch Watford play? And I thought, listen, why not? Uh, and so I went to go and watch uh, Watford play Brighton and you watch the team and when I was watching them, I had no sense of who Watford mm. were. I should also kind of point out that, you know, in, in recent years, I, I haven't had a season ticket, so I don't go and watch often. In recent years, I don't have um, a season ticket, so I don't often go and watch Watford play. It's every now and again. Um, and I watched them and I felt quite disconnected. And I felt that there was nothing I was seeing that suggested any kind of structure. It was just win the game win the game, but I didn't see any continuity. I didn't see any um, structure in place. And I think that this kind of uh, conveyor belt of, of managers that seem to keep getting uh, popped forward uh, to Watford's doorstep, it, it causes problems. It's very difficult to, to build any kind of momentum mm. um, when you're doing that. I mean, look at you said about Arteta and, you know, I, I've never been Arteta out. I've obviously had concerns at certain points, but I've never once been Arteta out because I believed that I could see some level of progress, some some process involved. Um, and you can see that now. That's paying off yeah. dividends. We have a style um, that is 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 pretty, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty clear to see. Um, and whether it works or it doesn't work, at least you know what it is. And at Watford, when I watched them against Brighton... Uh, I just didn't really see anything. I didn't see anything that I could relate to and say, that's that's Watford. That's that's what I used yeah, to watch. Yeah, I guess it, it becomes an issue in almost like the substitute teacher way in that the manager obviously has no authority. And I'm stealing this point from somebody. I heard somebody make it. I can't remember on, on what ever channel or thing I was consuming at the time. But it is almost like that substitute teacher that comes in to teach you maths. They have no authority. They have no control over the room. And when the players know that the manager's likely to be axed in eight games if things don't go anywhere, their way, it, it does become a bit of a, well, how much power do they have to instill these ideas, to instill these motivations and to instill a philosophy that's going to help the club survive in what is probably the most open relegation race I've seen in a long, long time. You know, there's about seven clubs that could be pulled down this season. So... I, I, I definitely agree with you. I, de I don't think it's sustainable. And I wonder if that that will continue in the championship um, or whether that's just a Premier League thing because obviously the league is much harder. I, I mean, it has paid dividends before and they have done it in the championship. Uh, as I said, when I when I first started going to Watford games, it, you know, I remember Watford's first promotion and then subsequent relegation the next season with A.D. Boothroyd. Um, I was I was at the game, oh, no. the the Watford Leicester game. Yeah. Do not scratch your eyes out. I was there. I, I was part of the pitch invasion at the uh, at the end. So um, when I say that I have an affinity yeah. to the club, I, I've been there for a lot of things for Watford. Um but yeah, it's 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 paid dividends, but it's it's difficult. I think that it's kind of happened one too many times now. And when you have a collection of players that, you know, three to three managers in a season is it's sort of 
ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, how do you how do you begin to? I mean, Roy Hodgson. You know, we we know that Roy Hodgson is a good manager. He, he's not exceptional. He's not world class, but he's a good manager. Uh, he's a good Premier League manager. He did a really good job at Crystal Palace. Um, and he maybe could do something with this Watford squad and keep them up. But, you know, two thirds of the way through a season when, you know, you lose the next two games and you're suddenly six points worse off and you've got that weighing on you mm. while trying to play a, a new style of football. It's it's just a lot to deal with um, in not a, uh, it's a lot to deal with in a, in a short space of time. Yeah. Especially, especially with a pandemic of World War Three going on yeah, around Christ. <laughs> so it's 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 crazy. Like imagine those players' heads right now. It's mad, mad. mad. Uh, and then finally, before we move on, uh, I saw this question again to steal my my second point from somebody. I saw this question going on Twitter, I think, and it it was um, Arteta seems to be gaining a lot of respect. What do you think he needs to do? to be loved and accepted by all Arsenal fans. And I think accepted by all Arsenal fans is, is one question and then loved by all Arsenal fans is another question. Yeah, I, I think he is accepted. I think he is accepted now. Not by I mean, all Arsenal fans. I... Arteta, Arteta, Arteta no. out does trend nearly every every game. And I think that that's become a lot more... Listen, I am I'm a 25-year-old man who has... Uh, no problem admitting when he's wrong but there are a lot of people who aren't like that who are very much in the dogged house of i have staked myself to this belief i can't withdraw myself from it but, uh, at the at the risk of upsetting your 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 listener base I, I feel like those are the kind of arsenal fans that i don't want in my club yeah and and i'm sorry sorry to to say <laughs> that if you are so anti a manager that even when he is doing good things you are still anti the manager you do not care about the club you do not care about arsenal football club if you cannot see where we were and where, where we, we are. are now and the job that Arteta has done. Are we back to where we were 10, 15 years ago? No, no, we're not. But we could have slid. We could have slid right down into mediocrity. You look at Tottenham Hotspur. They have Antonio Conte <laughs> as, their, as their, their manager. They have one of the best strikers in the world. Hand, you know, hands down. He is. He is one of the best strikers in the world. And Son would walk into almost any team in the world. So you have this incredible uh, trio of Conti, Kane and Son, but it it does nothing. Yeah. It does nothing. The rest of the team lets it down and even Conti can't get a tune out of it. So I, I think that you have to give credit where it's due. And I think that what we see a lot is people who don't like the fact that Arsenal isn't the top dog anymore mm. and people will not accept anything less than or be satisfied by anything less than top dog status but you have to realize that the premier league has changed in the last 10 years and it's changed around us and while we have fallen off the pace others have picked it up and ridden it harder so you know we have a lot of rebuilding to do we have a lot of work to do um but it's a great it start definitely is. it's a great start and i guess and, to be loved and, and it's got to be something along the lines of strong success i don't think a manager can truly yes. be loved at a club Unless they and 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 that's also kind of relative to the club size. For example, if David Moyes wins the first trophy for West Ham in forty, fifty years, 
it, he will be loved by that club. And I think for Arsenal, for Arteta to be loved in the same way that other managers are, it will probably have to be returning us to the top of the table or winning yeah. a Champions League. Mm. Interesting. But, which is crazy. Cause, I mean, he won a he won an FA Cup in his first what six months. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't enough. And 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 I and I get it. This is your it's your point from earlier. If that was West Ham, they'd love him. Um, but I I do think that you know it is a process. And I think to be loved, you're right. He needs to win more and but big. I think he'll get. There. I think he'll get there. Anyway, mm. let's move on to the game in context. Okay, so game in context for both teams. Uh, Arsenal's last five is three wins, one draw, one loss. Watford's last five is one win, one draw, three losses. They have a game in hand at the bottom of the table, uh, but they cannot catch anyone and climb out of the relegation zone with a game in hand. I guess the question that seems to be on my lips is, are Watford already down? If I'm honest, I think so. Yes, I really don't want it to be so. Um, especially because I see what it does to Watford. You know, I've lived in Watford my whole life. Um, and I really see the passion of, of you know, the, the community around it. And it really is a family club. Um, you may have seen, you know, the the, uh, the images on Twitter of the murals and things um, that they've recently had commissioned. Um, and I love those things. I love those things about Watford. But I think it will be a very tough ask mm. uh, to, to stay up. I think um, when you look at it... I think Newcastle could have been the one where you go, oh, they'll they'll go down and Watford will stay up. But with the with the signings they've recently made, it, it could still all go tits up. You know, we don't know, but I just think it's difficult. I think it's very difficult, um, especially given you know their current run of form. I think the one thing that Watford have that a lot of teams don't at the moment is. Uh, especially down in that race, dynamic forwards. You look at Emmanuel Dennis, you look at Ishmael Assar and Joshua King. It's it's much the reason that before um, Bielsa was sacked at Leeds, I said Leeds wouldn't go down. Because I think that Leeds and Watford have a unique ability, even though they are in, in kind of the dog shit end of the table, to go to a team and score two goals or three goals. I don't think Everton have that. And I, at the moment, and I, I, I don't think Brentford have that or, or uh, a lot of other clubs down there. So I guess that might stand them into good stead to, to pick up some points. But I, I think it's becoming more and more unfeasible that they, that they will scrape out. And it's a shame. I mean, I'd prefer Burnley to go down because I fucking hate Burnley and and just everything. I like Burnley. No, I hate Go them. Dice. They're useless. Go they're useless. Dice. They 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 are a useless club who do useless. Nah, I think I think what Sean Sean Dyche has done for a club of that size that has never spent any sort of money is is amazing. But uh, mm. I digress off of the point as as I usually do without Alex to kind of keep me on track. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's going to be tough to see. I could, I could see Watford getting out of the relegation zone. I really could. It's not far from belief, but it's mm. it's getting to the point where, like I said about Newcastle, when before the takeover and when they were absolutely dog shite, it's looking like if they if they survive, it'll be a, it, one of the miracles talked about for a for a long time. It'll be one of those great escapes. Yeah, I, the thing is, I actually think. As we you were saying, I think we Watford has a, a pretty decent squad and would by any means have a decent chance. The thing that 
that uh, worries me, I guess, is I watched the games roll by. You know, I was at that Brighton game and and you were like, okay, this is the one. This is the one we win. We get a a string of a couple of wins, two or three wins, pull ourselves out of the relegation zone. Um, but, But there's... With each passing game, there's one less game to play in the season. And with every dropped two points or dropped three points um that's that's another few points that's that's another few dropped points from safety mm. um so yeah i think with 12 games left to play on 19 points it's it's tough um i think i think i think it's possible it's certainly possible uh, but i'd have to see something change in the next 3 4 games substantially change for me to really feel that i can confidently say yeah. oh, i think they've got I think they can do it. I can't say that right now. It's it's uh, it's not a nice position to be in. No, I think they need three wins and a draw in 12 games, which is certainly doable. Mm. But it will just be a case of if they get the rub of the green. And they've been quite open at the yeah. back this season. So I guess it'll be if they get the rub of the green. And like they, they had against United, the uh, the uh, opponent's opportunities just, just don't seem to be falling. On yeah, to absolutely. us, though. This is another one of the the kind of 17 or however many we have left. It was 17 when I first said this cup finals that we've got to play for the rest mm. of the season to get top four uh, by kind of percentages of, 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 I think it's betting companies. We're now 61% in favor to finish fourth, which is brilliant. Mm. Um, I can see us clutching it, but the the more these games trickle on, the more and more importance that seems to weigh on them. And the one thing that I'm not enjoying is the constant playing of catch-up. Now, listen, if if we win this game, we go a point ahead of United and have two games in hand. But for me, it's starting to to get oh, a bit shaky, you know, <laughs> moving on week by week, watching a lot of teams play and have us still be so far behind in the games played. Yeah, I I, I see what you mean. It is frustrating um, and it is hard when, you know, you look at the games in hand and 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 what it what it what it does to the the table. Um, I watched a really interesting video, um, actually, uh, from the guys at, at Tifo. Uh, so hey, shout out to Tifo. Tifo, great. Uh, Tifo are really great, and they did a really good video on uh, games uh, in hand and what they actually meant and whether they were actually an advantage or a disadvantage. And they found that. Teams who had games in hand more often than not outperformed. So even though the old adages, you know, games in hand, you'd rather have the, you'd rather have played the games and taken the points, whatever they may be. They found that if you had games in hand, often more often than not, you finished higher than expected. So going off of that, it's I feel pretty comfortable. Um, kind of looking at it, but you are right. Every game now is a cup final. Every game is a must win. Um, and I think that the way we do that is to target third place. I don't think we go for fourth. I think we go for third. Um, and we really push ourselves to go as high as we can. And listen, if we win our next game, we'll be level on games with Chelsea uh, and be two points behind them. This is not an unachievable thing. Mm. It is not ridiculous to to suggest that we could finish third place this year. Um, and I think that that should be our target. That should be what Arteta is saying to them. Come on, we're not looking for fourth. We're looking for third. Let's really make this count. Let's really cement our place. Um, but yeah, it relies on 
that cup final mentality. Every game's a must win. And and the, the lads have said that they know what their target is and that they've been told their target and it's a high one. They're just, they're very mm. close-lipped about what that target is. And, and maybe it is third. Maybe they are saying, you know, we need to finish third. Oh, I was going to say, let's not forget that before this season started, you know, I, I think if you'd have offered top six to most Arsenal fans, they probably would have taken it. I said six with progress. Given... As in, like, acceptable level progress. Yes, yeah. When you looked at the fact that, you know, United went out and bought Ronaldo, when you looked at the fact that Chelsea went and got Lukaku, uh, when you looked at the fact that Tottenham brought in, uh, you know, Conte, I know that came mm. sort of later on. He, they had... Um, oh, what's his name? Espresso Sansa. Uh, Nuno. Nuno. They had... Um, Nuno, uh, you know, they had um, Nuno in charge uh, at the beginning of the season, but they'd kept Kane. So they were still going to be some kind of threat. I think if you'd have offered it to most Arsenal fans, they would have taken it, especially with a year outside of Europe. So the fact that we're even sat here having this conversation about whether we should be third or fourth, I think is testament to what Arteta has done. And, and yeah, I think it will be a difficult challenge, but certainly one that they can meet. And listen, this is exactly what we said at the start of the season. Without European football, we need to have a very good showing in the league. And, and the lads are doing it. I've, um, I've been really lucky to catch quite a few games this season. And there is a, market, like a marked response and the, the lads look hungry. They look like they want it. And most recently, I saw the, uh, the Wolves game at home where we went 1-0 down. And one thing that I think has really changed about this Arsenal side is the mentality. And like we say, that's so important. We need a cup final mentality till the end of the season. And I watched that game and the boys have it. They definitely have it. And it's it's an amazing thing to see because I remember watching Skodran Mustafi basically give me depression for nine months out of a year because he'd let Sterling at the back post head a goal in about six times a season or something stupid like that. Um, but it's it's amazing to see the the work that is being done both off and on the field. And I, I texted this to Alex the other day. We're so lucky as Arsenal fans that the club and Arteta were smart enough to target signings in the summer that dealt a lot with mental profile and the mentality that the lads have, because that is another thing that has really helped us take a step up this season. Look at look at Aaron Ramsdale, right? You look at him and you say he has improved us because of his uh, goalkeeping ability and his ability to, you know, play out from the back, pass with his feet. Some of his passes are incredible. Sometimes we'll be penned in and he'll go boop. And suddenly we're, we're two thirds of the way up the pitch and, and sparking a counter. Uh, it's 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 rather incredible what he has done for this club um, and what an upgrade he's been over Leno, who I thought was a pretty decent shot stopper. Um, he's really upgraded on that. But what has really set him apart from Leno is the way he communicates with that back four. Mm. Our back four now includes the goalkeeper and is a back five, whereas previously it was a back four. Um, and it was just, you know, your defensive line. Ramsdale is very much a part of that unit. Um, and he is bellowing out instructions and making sure that everybody is doing their job. Um, and then in front of him, you've got Gabriel and Ben White, who equally can take, uh, you know, modicums of responsibility in 
Gabrielle's case, I guess, a, a, a good chunk of responsibility in, in organising that line. So, yeah, I think that mentality has really changed. And when you're watching the Wolves game, you know, 70 minutes in, and I was still watching it going, we could do this. We could do this. And and so yeah. many times, I actually messaged this to my, uh, my mate, who's a Liverpool fan. I said so many times over the last few years, it would get to 70 minutes, we'd be one nil down. And I would still watch, but I'd be, I'd, I'd be clocked out. I'd know that this team yeah. didn't have it in them to come back. And maybe a draw, mm. maybe one all, but certainly not to win it. And I was watching this Wolves game going, we only need one and then we'll score the second. And I, and I felt, you know, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I certainly believed it could. And I think that's a big shift um, down to the mentality of the players. And it shows the progress that we've made. You know, I think back to the Villarreal game where we were down in that second leg, like you say, and we knew that we were done for. We knew that nothing was happening. Mm. But it's it's great to see this improvement. And it makes me so excited for what we're going to move on to next season, especially with the with the great work that we seem to be doing financially yeah. and getting people off the wage bill, saving money, blah, blah, blah. But who knows whether that will be spent on the club. But we'll see. I am hopeful. Anyway, let's move on to some predictions. Oh, geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Well, I guess the first prediction to move on to is what to expect from Watford. Now, I, again, I know very little about Watford. I know a bit about Roy Hodgson. I think we can expect a a well-drilled defence. And with the speed that Watford have, it's it's going to be a counter-attacking game for them. They know that we're going to have the ball. They know that they're not going to have the ability to take the ball off of us. But what they know that they can do is break and break quickly. And I guess I wonder if if you have any other insights into what we should expect from Watford after seeing them this it's season. It's a good question. And uh, going back to kind of what I said earlier, it's, 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 it's a slightly difficult one to answer because the, the, the identity of the club is so... You know, ever changing the identity of the the team. Um, I do think that you know I, I'm not at all expecting them to go toe to toe, and I'm very much expecting sort of uh, a defense, a good defensive shape, uh, and 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 hit hit Arsenal on the counter. Uh, as you said, you know some really dynamic forwards: João Pedro, uh, Emmanuel Dennis, Ismail Assar. These are all players that are are quick and clever and can hurt us given the opportunity. Um, I also think, you know, players like Sissoko in midfield, who Sissoko is one of those players where he will he will play all right some games and then other games just have an absolute blinder. Um, you know, some some of the times you'd watch him against United, sometimes he'd 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 move the ball around in a way and you'd go, What what is happening? How how is this happening? I was 33 year old Sissoko doing doing up all the, you know, half the United midfield. Um, so I do think they have players to hurt us. I don't think they'll be able to deal with our pressure and ball retention if it is to the level that we've come to see in the last few years. Um, and I do think that there, as you said earlier, there are gaps in defence to be exploited. Um, Watford's defence is probably 
the weakest part of that squad. Um, maybe the midfield depends how you want to. Hey, they got the cycling GK. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fine. He'll just he'll just he'll just cycle <laughs> he'll just cycle all the balls out of the net. Um, but yeah, I I I'm not entirely sure. But I could, you know, as I said, I think we will expect some kind of defensive shape that is going to be pro- probably quite tough to break down and just make sure we've got an eye on that on that counter because they could they could sting us. Yeah, they, I mean, they definitely could. They've got some pacey forwards in there. Uh, the last three results, uh, a little shout out to Eddie Longbridge, really? who suggested this as a little section for, for the show. Uh, last three results was uh, 1-0 to Arsenal and then 3-2 to Arsenal and a 2-2 draw. Watford haven't actually beat Arsenal since October 2017, back back in kind of Daddy Wenger's reign. Mm. So um, hopefully we keep that streak going. Now, the real predictions, I think, is going to be a lineup and a score prediction. So I'll go first. Uh, I think we're going to see the exact same team that we saw against Wolves. Uh, I don't think ESR will be back, uh, seeing as it was COVID. And I think that uh, Tommy Asso is still out with a calf injury. So I think it's going to be carbon copy. And I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. Uh, would you like to throw your hat in the ring as with a Wolves line? With the Wolves? I keep saying Wolves. Wolves are on the mind. <laughs> uh, with a with a Watford lineup. It's because I've watched that Sky Sports like three minute re- repeat of that game about 60 times. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think we could probably see likewise um, as Arsenal. I think we could see a lineup for Watford that is similar to the lineup uh, that we had, uh, or the Watford had against uh, United. Uh, I think he showed that or Roy Hodgson probably would take some uh, heart from the fact that that team went out and managed to hold off United, yeah. even if it was you know pretty dicey for, uh, moments in the first half. Um, and I think he will he will go with that same starting 11 or or thereabouts, you know, maybe swap out uh, a couple of players because you can't play every attacking player uh, all at once. Um, but I think he will stick pretty, pretty similar um, with maybe one or two changes. I, I actually agree with you as well. I think Arsenal will probably say the same, um, although I am waiting for ESR to be back because I think and I hope that at some point in the future we're going to start experimenting with uh, with Gabby through the middle and uh, and Emil on the left because I think that that I think that is the future of Arsenal. That is my my personal opinion yeah. is that Gabby Gabby Saka and Smithrow will be um, our our uh, leading the line uh, at some point uh, in the future. Maybe not in the short term, depending on who we bring in in the summer for that centre forward position and. Obviously, Lacazette's future up in the air, but that's what I really want to see, and I want to see how that team plays and how they gel together. That's yeah, it's really interesting, and everyone that seems to have worked with Martinelli has said that his future is as a centre forward. I think he just needs to fill out with age. Mm. You know, as we've seen Ronaldo before he moved into that poacher role, he needed to bulk up and fill out to be able to do that properly. Uh, even when he was kind of performing as a goal-scoring inside forward, he needed to grow and, and mature into that player. So I guess we'll see that over the next few years. Uh, score prediction for me, my friend. What do you think the score will be? I I think 2-1. I think 2-1 Arsenal. Uh, I think that Watford could get a goal. Um, and I think it will probably come from one of those forward players we were talking about. 2-1 um, for me, though. 
All righty. Well, that was that spicy. We will see. I'm very excited for the game. Thank you so much for coming on, Rob. We actually didn't get a, a proper like a proper chat before this happened because TFL have ruined my life for the last three days. Um, but it's really great to actually chat to you about some football again. Uh, it's been so so long. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, oh, thank you so much for having me. No, it's 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 a pleasure, mate. Uh, your Twitter, I believe, is at Rob Sidar. It is indeed. If you want some spicy Arsenal takes that that come in frequently, or some Watford news, or whatever, <laughs> or just just maybe some funny memes, whatever, whatever Rob's feeling feeling posting, please head over to Rob's account. Uh, tell him we sent you. And uh, yeah, is there anything else you've got coming up you want to plug? Any acting work or anything? <sighs> no, none, mate. Unfortunately, just just oh, uh, like us all, just, like us all. Yeah, we're all, it's we're uh, all dead in the dust. Just, just trying to, just trying to, just trying to get by. I'll just be quite happy survive. if I could, if I've got enough money to survive the month. I'm pretty happy at this stage. My, yeah, my bar is gone. very low. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, uh, all of you, for listening. Uh, please head to the description where you can find all, all of our links to our, our Patreon, our Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, if you can, please rate the show. That would do us a massive, massive solid. But anyway, thank you for listening. Keep it Diff Knock and we will see you later. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at Diff Knock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.